So speaking of building, we want to build our lives on what Jesus said. And he said, that's a good idea. It's like building your house on a rock, like the rock, like the foundation. So Jesus said is what we're looking at all year. We're looking at you shall love. He commanded it. He commanded that we shall love because it's hardwired, as Ellie told us a couple weeks ago, inside of us. We're made in God's image and God is love. And so here we go. For some of you, you are still trying to wake up. That hour did you wrong. Will you do me a favor? Do yourself a favor. Just stand up real quick. Just right here, right where you're at. Go ahead. Come on, stand up. Join me right here. It's been a while since you've done this. Get yourself a little limber. Okay, get your fingers going. Ready? Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. All right, we're good, we're good. All right, go ahead. Oh, sometimes it just has to be done. Love your enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. Who's an enemy? What's an enemy? Anybody who opposes us. Probably as good a definition as any. Anybody else got one they want to go at? I've heard it say, by definition, an enemy is somebody with whom we're experiencing estrangement. Somebody who's against us. Somebody whose hostility towards us prevents us from responding warmly. Gosh, I guess just about anybody could be an enemy then. And they are. We live in a world where our enemies are many, especially when it's our kingdom that they are opposing. And if you don't know what your kingdom is, it's what you desire more than anything. It's what you would fight for and fight about. I have a friend who has a ton of enemies of his own confession, and he said it like this. I said, hey, man, is this a hill you want to die on? He goes, this and every other one. That's exhausting and pretty normal. Jesus said this great sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Luke. It could be the Sermon on the Plain. Some people think it's two different sermons. Some people think it's the same one with different focus. Whatever it is, it's good and it's in God's word. And we're going to go to where he talked about a life that's blessed. And it's going to be today. We're going to go to Luke Six And so please join me in this great message from Jesus, what Jesus said for us. Luke 27 is where we're going to start with, and Luke 6, 27, I beg your pardon. And I really want to get right to it, so here you go. But I say to you, Jesus says, who hear? I say to you who hear. I say to you who are paying attention. I say to you who, by the Holy Spirit's power, have ears to hear. He says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. All right. Go do it. Have a great day. No trouble, right? This one's just like, oh, that? Oh, I do that all the time. Huh. Well, let me ask you this. Anybody come to mind just now when we talked about enemies? How about just this little tiny explanation that we get? Love your enemies, Jesus says. And then he gives you one of six different ways he describes these enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pay attention. It's coming. It's coming, bro. Good question. 
I love it. Because you got in your mind already, right? Somebody. Something. We're taking communion together as uh, a group of volunteers and servants, and we're just going for it. And I asked them, and my friend said, yeah, my government is my enemy. Okay. That's pretty significant. How do you? Hang in there, Rich. Like I said, it's coming. Jesus does not call us to some easy, put your feet up, everything's chill kind of life. But that's what we want. And when he calls us to do something else, we're like, dang, that's really hard. It almost feels like I'm dying to myself. You're on to something there. We need him. He said, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. We looked at last week what it means to love your neighbor. It's to be a neighbor. And to be a neighbor to just anybody is difficult. To be a neighbor to somebody who wants to be a neighbor back, not so difficult. To be a neighbor to an enemy, somebody who doesn't like you and doesn't want you around, doesn't appreciate you, well, that's even more impossible than loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. You are going to need Jesus for this one. And our problem is we don't want Jesus when he calls us to do something we don't like. If I'm wrong, talk me out of it. I'm serious. Somebody online is like, I wish I went today. <laughs> we got 1045 and you're still in bed, so come on. <laughs> Look, he's going to break down for us what these enemies look like. And then he's going to show us how to do it. He already has, by the way. And so... I'll go back again, Luke 6, 27. We'll go through 30. I want you to look for these six different people. It could be seven. You say, love your enemies is the first one. And then we have a bunch of different ones. But listen very closely. Because it's like he's saying, don't try to wiggle out of this one. These are your enemies. These are what enemies will look like. And check it out. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. Really quick, Matthew 5.29 talks about the right cheek and turn the other cheek. This can be a physical type of striking on the cheek. It could also be what was considered an insult. If you backhanded somebody, that was like, I don't even have time for you. You're not even worth it, but I'll get you on the other way too. And he's saying, bless those. One who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. You got my coat? Well, you missed my shirt. It's real nice. You should have that too. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. Really quick, will somebody find 2 Timothy 3.12? And read that out loud right when you get there. Please, it's not up on the screen. This is bonus Jonas, so here we go. 
If you don't know what that is, it's a total cultural reference, and it's just, it's gone now. All right. 2 Timothy 3.12. Go ahead. Adedayo. Oh, Ruth, did you have your hand up? It was a tie. Tie goes to the lady. All right, go ahead. Okay, could you say that good and loud one more time for us? Thank you. Paul is saying, if you want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you will be persecuted. Enemies are all around. And that stinking mirror is an enemy too. Not just because it's so truthful, but because you and I battle our own selves. And we struggle. We're, we're opposed even to our own selves. I know I've talked a lot about baseball, and the reality is it's not just in my mind. It's a favorite, like the color green. And by the way, wherever Pastor John is, thanks for this, bro, the green. I love it so much. I love baseball. But more than baseball, I love life, and I love being able to walk through life with people. There's some kids that haven't played baseball ever before, and there's kids that have played a bunch. They play year-round. One of the things that I try to teach kids is something that God keeps teaching me, and it's these two words, expect it. Expect it. Look, if a pitcher is pitching, he should expect that the guy's going to try to hit it. If a catcher's catching, he should expect that he should catch it. If the fielders are fielding, they should expect that they're going to have to field a ball. They should not be surprised. What? Where did that come from? It's coming to you. Expect it. If you're a hitter, expect that the ball is coming. Look for one to hit. And that's just sports. Let's get to life. If you're following Jesus and you want to live a godly life, expect that that's going to be opposed by your own flesh and by the world around you, by Christians around you. Look, I get really frustrated. There was a guy yesterday at men's breakfast that had the audacity to come and serve and love and call me out on my stuff. I was like, bro, that's what I called you here for. A joke, but the reality is he's like, did you just say a word that could be considered a swear word? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess. He goes, aren't we supposed to not only watch what we say, but build others up? And I'm like, bro, where, is your wife calling? Do you hear that phone? It was just so good. And for me, I want to sit here and just try and justify it to you. Well, it wasn't a bad cuss word. It was something that he was like, look, I'm working on that. Shouldn't you too? And I'm like, heck yeah, I should. See, I said, heck, I'm already growing. He's coming after me. Now, if I felt like he was in opposition to me, I could make him my enemy right then and there. But no, to live a godly life, I'm being called to do something better and more. I'm being called to actually do more than I can do on my own. And who's calling me to do that but the one who actually modeled how to do it? So, back to our dear friend Richard's question. How do we love our enemies? This is more than we can do on our own. So what's the first thing 
that I can tell you about loving our enemies. Pray for them. I mean, Jesus gave us a great list, and we'll get to that. But that first one is pray. Trust God. Yeah, Lord, please help them to get into a wreck. Not one that would kill them, <laughs> but one that would stop them from being a jerk to me. Yeah, right? So Ellie's like, pray with a good heart. I, I think even before that step, we were like, God, you're calling me to do this. And so there's only one way for me to love Joe Biden. There's only one way for me to love Donald Trump. There's only one way for me to love my shoe doctor. Whatever, right? Is there a shoe doctor? There's a foot doctor. Trust God. Follow Jesus' example. Choose to be loving. Well, I don't want to. That's on you. I get it. But there's no real reason. Well, I don't want to. Why? Because I don't feel like it. Okay, why? Because it's uncomfortable. Okay, why? Because it's not like something that brings me comfort, bro. It's in the word comfortable. You should understand that. Jesus isn't saying, look, I want you just to whatever feels good, do it. That's killing us. It's killing us. We get to love and follow Jesus. And he calls us to do it, and he gives us his spirit to do it. Keep your finger there in Luke, and we'll go back to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 44. We need his spirit. Matthew 5, 44, Jesus says this pretty clearly. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How do you love people that you don't like or that are your enemies? You pray for them. You pray for them. You pray for them for real. You pray that they would see God's love, that they would be overwhelmed by his love. Some people are praying, again, that they would meet their demise. Pray for them to be saved, Eric says. Absolutely. They might, and I hope so. I'm here to tell you, if the last three years haven't proven something to me, then I don't know what's going to prove it to me. Enemies are found everywhere. Even those who are already saved and should be coming alongside of you. Well, this is how I worship the Lord. You know what? I mean, Nate, are you still in the room? Yeah, here's what's up. Nate will do a song differently than what you and I are accustomed to, but it's a song we know. What happens in our hearts? Maybe he did it wrong, or I just don't, I, I don't feel that. That's just different. I gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> Ellie's like, please, no, please. You guys, that's, that's in the house of the Lord. Songs that we're singing. What about, what about your grown children that decide, yeah, this whole Jesus thing isn't for me? How about having to beg your spouse, would you please just pray with me? 
What about your loved one whose mind is starting to slip in ways that are just so heartbreaking and they barely remember you? And they're opposed to you coming to visit them. You guys, these are not just strangely specific. These are things I've heard about in the last three weeks. How about the opposition that you have of yourself? I know the good I ought to do, and I don't do it, and James says that sin, and I'm really frustrated with myself. Pray. Ask God for eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to long for what he longs for, and the physical ability to do it. Put your energies towards praying for good for those who persecute you, that don't like you, that don't want your stuff around. We don't do that here. Move on. We'll go back to Luke, but we're going to whiz right by Luke 6, and we're going to go to Luke 23, 34. If you're reading along in the Bible with us, by the way, we're in the book of Luke right now, and we're in Luke 8. And so we've already read through Luke 6. Some of us in Luke 5 a month ago were excited about what Jesus said, and so we want to go through that often this year. But Jesus is on the cross. He's being crucified. I don't know if you understand all of that, and we've got Good Friday and all that that's coming up, and we'll explain it, and we'll have the stations that we had last year, and it is wonderful, and it's troubling, and it's eye-opening. But if you're new to all of this, let me not make fun of you. Let me just say, nailed on a cross. While he's hanging on the cross, you'd have to understand that if somebody's willing to nail you on a cross, they're probably opposed to you. So these are his enemies that nailed him on the cross. It was our sin that kept him there. Great song, great truth. But while he's up there, Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. They're rolling dice. For his clothes, he won't be needing them. He's about to die. And Jesus is like, Father, forgive him. Pray and forgive. Something that's hitting me just now is you might want to ask God to have your enemies start praying for you too. So praying for your enemy forgiving your enemy, then Jesus unpacks it for us. Let's go back to Luke 6. Luke 6, 31. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. This is called the golden rule, right? You guys understand this? Well, this would have gone way before physical Jesus was on the scene, and it would have sounded more like this. Don't do to people what you don't want done to you. Okay, good. Code of Harambe, they would have understood all this for thousands of years. Look, you don't want people to poke you in the eye, don't go poking them in the eye. You don't want people to be a jerk, don't be a jerk. Jesus says, oh, it's actually harder than that. 
what you want done for you, what you wish to have done for you, you go and do for others. And here's what's really crazy when you might do that. I didn't ask you to do that. They don't, not only do they not thank you, they're mad at you for doing good to them. And in your mind, you're like, dang, it's not going to be done for me now. You were doing the wrong thing or the right thing for the wrong reason. But we're like, oh, wait. So I do for them. They do for me. The world's all better. Yay. It doesn't work like that sometimes. Sometimes. It might. But if the world's going to change, it's going to need Jesus. And those of us who know Jesus are going to actually get to live like that. Get to live like that. Jesus made this a positive, affirmative thing. Go and do this. My brother Richard, how do you love Joe Biden? But, I mean, let me take that word, but. Toss it. I get it. I do. And it's not just Joe Biden. I got way closer enemies than that. We don't just forgive, we pray, and we do for others as we'd have them do for us. Maybe it'll change them. Well, I've been doing it for a while. It's not changing. Watch Jesus come at the very sensitive nature of our well-being. I want to be comfortable. I want to be loved. I want there to be change. I'm doing the baby steps. Why isn't things changing? Watch. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you, Jesus says? For even sinners, run-the-mill pagans, love those who love them. He's talking to his people on how to be blessed, not to be saved, but how to live saved, how to live fruitful lives, how to live love. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. What he's coming after is two different things, and I'll call it this, sinner-type love and father-type love. We've just looked at the sinner-type love, and that's just people who don't know the Lord, don't care, they don't have a standard, but they know, look, if I do good, then good will probably be done back to me. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If we can, I'll pause right here and go back to the whole abuse thing. Verbal, physical. Jesus actually at least one time, stood up when he got struck and said, hey, what did I do wrong that you would hit me? I'm not here to say to any man, woman, or child, as a Christian, you need to be a piñata. You need to get whooped. But Jesus did not leave the door open for us to never have bad stuff happen to us. It's going to. It did. It will. Look, for the sake of the gospel, some of us are going to 
literally someday give up our lives. We've got brothers and sisters right now throughout the world who are being killed, persecuted, thrown in prison because they love Jesus. They didn't do anything wrong to anybody. But they broke the law in their country because the law says you can only follow a law or you don't follow anything. You just follow the government. And some of us were afraid that that's where our government is headed, and maybe it will be. So maybe we get a head start on learning how to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. But instead, we're like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to push back. I'm going to tell you no. You can follow Jesus no matter what your government tells you to do, no matter what your friends tell you to do, no matter what your girlfriend tells you to do. Back to this, though. Sinner type love is just doing whatever for whoever to get whatever you'd like back. Father type love looks like this. Verse 35. But love your enemies. How? Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Verse 36. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. What's been done to you can, should, and will motivate you to do well. If you don't have any motivation in any of this, I pray in Jesus' name that verse 36 would be your motivation. Be merciful. Another word for that is loving. You can even throw the word kind in there. Be loving. Be merciful. Be kind because your Father is loving, merciful, and kind. Look, if we're struggling here, and we all will, it's temporary. It's helping your wings to get strong enough to fly. It's an opportunity for us to give because we've been given to. Not so we can get something in return. Look, I'm not saying you should just go out and become paupers, not expecting anything in return. I'm saying if God calls you to give, you ought to give. And don't just give, but give something that costs you something. It's hard to lend to people, especially people that you're not sure what they're doing with it. So be discerning. It's okay. As a matter of fact, it's desperately needed. We need to trust God in it. But he is not giving us little guardrails on this. We're the ones that put those up. Oh, gosh, wait a minute. Just how kind to ungrateful and evil people? Kind enough that I don't flip them off? Got it. Kind enough that I actually smile at them when they say bad things to me? I think I can do that. This is not giving us any kind of guardrails. It's saying, be merciful. Be kind as God has been kind and merciful to you. Look, back in verse 35 for a second. You will be sons of the Most High and daughters, for he is kind 
to the ungrateful and the evil. If you go back to Jesus in Matthew 25, and he's got this big judgment of people. And he says, when you did good to the least of these, you did good to me. You fed them, you clothed them, you visited them, you took care of them. You're doing that for me. Do you know nowhere in there does it say, if they say thank you? So, I mean, your work's cut out for you. You're going to need Jesus for this one. And that's the whole point. And he's willing. He's able. He's done it for us. You guys, I have a ton of questions for you, but I want to bring you to a spot of what happens for you to love your enemies and how do you move towards Jesus in this. Your first one is some of you need to actually surrender your lives to him. You need to submit and say, Jesus, you're God and I'm not. Have your way in me. I am so sorry for where I've gone and what I've done. I'm so wrong in trying to be the leader of my life or follow the leaders of this world. I need to follow you. You're God. I'm not. You died for me. You rose from the dead. I'm yours. That's your first step. That's how you're going to move towards Jesus. Many of you have already made that step, and that's wonderful. So the next step for you in loving your enemies is to recognize that you have some. That you've kind of alienated yourself or you've avoided some people. You ever, it's probably just me, but have you ever done this move? You're in the grocery store and you see somebody that you know you have problems with and you're like. Yeah, just me. Okay. That's a lie, by the way. So some of you, your step is like you need to face it and you need to forgive and you need to pray for people who you're just opposed to and they're opposed to you. And like I said, the last three years, I found out that in the church, there's a lot of people that are opposed to me. And then I found out that I was pretty opposed to them. I don't really like the way you're talking to me. Your tone's all wrong. I'm so easily offended it's disgusting. And I'm reading this stupid book called Unoffendable. It's a five throw book. I'm not kidding. Every time I read, I'm like, that's dumb. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Jesus, why do you even love me? It's because you're so cute, Aaron. It's because he's so awesome. So that's your next step of moving toward him. Is to be like him and to love the way he does. Not because people deserve it. Because they so desperately don't deserve it. Neither do you. But we need it. Be a bridge. And don't just buy coffee. Look, some of you sat right here and go, man, I've been in and out of this parking lot. It's not that bad. Yeah, it is. We have not been taking care of it. But if you don't want to give towards that, there's nobody here that be like, I guess you're not part of the team. Nope, no opposition here. You do what God has called you to do. We're putting things out there as God puts it on our heart. But this right here, way more important than coffee, way more important than a parking lot, way more important than a building. We need to follow the word of God. And it is under attack more than ever. 
if you want to see God show up in your life in a really fantastic way, take him at his word and expect to be persecuted for it. And watch him become enough for you. Please don't tell people to go to hell by the way you live. Show them Jesus and how they can live forever by the way you live. And you can't do that on your own. Good news, you're not on your own. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Little children, you've overcome the world. Let's go. Let's pray. And then we'll go. God, today's your day. I rejoice in that fact. I'm so blessed to know that you are better than us. You've made us in your image, but we're not you. So we need you. So you call us to do things that we can't do on our own. Would you help us to disagree lovingly? Would you help us to be the kind of people that go and do for others what we want done for us? Would you help us to love because we've been loved first? Would you help us to forgive because we've been forgiven first? Would you help us to be the kind of people that move so close to you that people are like, what is up with that lady? She is so different. Would you help us in conclusion to imitate you? And since you live inside of us and we've surrendered our lives to you, we don't only get to, we're going to. So help us to get to it quicker. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Be strong and courageous. Let it be contagious. Don't keep it to yourself. Love you, bye.